All right, y'all, we are tuning into another episode of Back That Radio Show, and I have a special guest, as you see. Um, we have Miss Aisha, Aisha Ellen, Mr. Johnny, and Miss Penny. Um, Miss Ellen is a part of LifeLink. Um, LifeLink, uh, I guess, you know, from me reading the description, nonprofit, it helps with uh, organ donations. Yes. We right. facilitate the we organ facil- donation, facilitate the organ donation transplantation okay. process. So, uh, for all my viewers out there, give us a little background of you know what got you into this particular sp- uh, space, and then we'll get into uh, Johnny's and Penny's story. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> it's interesting because believe it or not, um, I had no clue who LifeLink was. Mm-hmm. Um, my background comes from corporate America. Okay. Um, I've worked for companies like Coca-Cola, mm-hmm. um, McLean, um, grocery distributors. I've always been in the consumer product good industry and mm. sales and account management. Um, but I always wanted to make the transition into nonprofit because my master's is in public administration. Uh, um, okay, but okay. I was not looking for um, LifeLink. LifeLink actually found me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't familiar with LifeLink at all. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew about, you know, people being registered organ donors, but mm-hmm. I didn't really think beyond, you know, yeah. that as far as what all the process consists of. But um, I was recruited mm-hmm. <laughs> um, by um, via LinkedIn by the uh, HR recruiter. And, oh, well, um, I, I realize people still use like LinkedIn like that. Yeah, well, and I didn't either, but this is like, <laughs> this was about two years ago, so over two years ago now. And, um, but yeah, that's how I came about as far as with LifeLink. And, mm-hmm. um, um, and have been with them now for a little over two years as an education specialist. Okay, and I, I remember when we were talking on the phone, um, you were giving me a rundown of like the stats and how organ donation, um, well, it seems like there's a, there's a problem in our community mm-hmm. as there far is. as being recipients. Not as far as being recipients. Um, well, the problem with that is there are mm-hmm. too many of us that's on the waiting list. Yeah, well, they, okay, so, yeah, so supply yeah. and demand type of situation. Yeah, supply yeah. and demand, exactly. Um, the waiting list in Georgia consists of um, currently over 5,000 people. Wow. Um, and out of that 5,000, mm-hmm. 63% are African American. But when it comes to the, um, you know, mm-hmm. donor registration side or the mm-hmm. donor side, mm-hmm. you know, our numbers, our numbers fall short. So um, we have the highest need as far as individuals who are waiting for life-saving transplants. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to being registered organ donors, mm-hmm. um, because of a lot of fears mm-hmm. um, and misconceptions about organ donation, mm-hmm. um, a lot, lots of times we tend not to register to be donors. So let's get into that a little bit because I'm an organ donor. Mm-hmm. Like I signed up when I got my license mm-hmm. and all that. So I don't, I'm like, once I die, I'm like, you know, sure, if there's anything healthy, you know, take it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's how I look at it. I'm like, I'm not taking it with me yeah. or anything. Uh, so what, what are some of those misconceptions? So we can go ahead and dispel that. Okay. I think, you know, that's where a lot of education, you know, just we use it for. And, we need to go ahead and dispel all that because we just hear stuff growing yeah. up. Yeah, and yeah. Or we read stuff on the mm, internet or we see scary movies yeah, and, you know, we take fiction to be factual exactly. and it's not. Um, but, you know, a lot of it begins, and I'll, I'll be honest, some of it I, I do understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the mistrust of the um, health care system in mm-hmm. America. We, yeah. we know the history. I don't have to go through that. Yeah. That's a whole other show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that mistrust of the healthcare system um, um, calls people to believe that if they are a registered organ donor, if mm-hmm. they're in an accident, um, 
um, you know, rush to the emergency room that um, doctors, the doctors, the medical um, personnel won't mm -hmm. try to save them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that's actually, people truly believe that. And that's maybe not just an African-American thing. Yeah. You know, I've heard that across all ethnicities, those mm -hmm. who are, you know, either opposed to or not registered organ donors, mm -hmm. um, that they feel that if I'm a registered donor, mm -hmm. if I ever get in a situation where I need to be saved, mm -hmm. that, you know, they won't try to save me because exactly. they want my organs. And that's furthest from the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, I always tell people, first of all, the healthcare system makes money off of sick people, not yes. dead people. Trust and believe. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, so, um, and, you know, and um, doctors, nurses, whatever, the medical staff, you know, they, they do whatever they can to be able to save a person. Mm -hmm. And organ donation is not even considered until all life, me life you know, um, yeah. taking measures have been made. Exactly. Um, it's like the last thing. Exactly. And, and, and and in our death and then if it happens then you know exactly and in actuality the ho the hospitals actually have nothing to do with the organ donation transplantation process hmm, so okay. um, how it works is like for example lifelink we're an mm -hmm. um, organ procurement organization or mm -hmm. OPO mm -hmm. we're one of 58 OPOs in the United States okay. um, for Georgia we cover the state of Georgia but mm -hmm. we also have cover like 15 counties in Florida mm -hmm. and we also have Puerto Rico so you okay. have lifelink foundation mm -hmm. then you have lifelink of Georgia Mm -hmm. um, LifeLink of Florida and LifeLink of Puerto Rico. Um, some states, like Florida, for example, has um, multiple OPOs. Mm -hmm. um, LifeLink has 15 counties in Florida, mm -hmm. um, and then it's um, like two other OPOs, I believe, in Florida. So about mm -hmm. three in Florida. So okay. most states have like two to three. But Georgia is just LifeLink. So in okay. a case where, let's just say, using an example, Navicent. Mm -hmm. Let's say if there's a case right, right now, even as we speak, where someone has... Um, died from a brain death related injury or illness mm -hmm. and I'll go more in detail about that later because mm -hmm. that plays a huge part as far as who's actually able to be an organ donor okay. but if someone dies from a brain death related injury let's say that right now there's a case at the hospital now mm -hmm. um, once that person is um, you know is has been determined that they're brain dead they're mm -hmm. on a the ventilator they're brain dead mm -hmm. um, nothing that's not reversible that's not like being in a coma where exactly. you can wake up from a coma um, and so from that point the hospital then notifies for Georgia, mm -hmm. it would be LifeLink. Okay. LifeLink is actually then um, sends out a representative that actually then assesses the patient to mm -hmm. um, see if you know if they're a donor, um, if they're not, mm -hmm. um, and if they are a donor, if they actually will be able to donate. Because mm -hmm. just because you're a registered organ donor does not mean you're gonna 100% be able to be a donor. Okay. It's a lot of things that, that yeah. come into play with that. And we mm -hmm. can go into that a little bit later too, mm -hmm. if you like. Mm -hmm. okay. So uh, tell me, where do we come into the picture with Johnny and Penny? And tell us about that. And, and y'all give y'all's own, you know, testimonials, like your attitudes towards, you know, donation and receiving and, you know, was anything dispelled as well? No, well, my sister Penny, when she came to me and asked me about being a donor for her, mm -hmm. I said yes without a doubt and kept mm -hmm. on working. Because yeah. I believe in giving a life for a life. Okay. Like you just said, you, my organ can help someone else uh, prolong life, being a mouthful. 
Yeah. And so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to make something clear so it won't mm -hmm. confuse people. In the case of Johnny and Penny, mm -hmm. um, Johnny is, is a living donor. Mm -hmm. Penny, Penny, his sister, needed a kidney transplant. Mm -hmm. So in the case of kidneys, you can have a living donor mm -hmm. because we can all live with well, one, one kidney. kidney. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that part <laughs> up so it wouldn't be any confusion <laughs> okay. as far as, the, you know, you have living donation, mm -hmm. an example of like with, with kidneys, mm -hmm. but then you also have when we register to be organ donors, mm -hmm. that's registering giving consent to donate after our death okay. so that's just to be able to you know so there won't be mm -hmm. any confusion yeah. yes did you have any um, I guess fears with like the surgeries and things of that nature or no I didn't because the doctor had explained everything thoroughly to me mm -hmm. that they're gonna be laparoscopic mm -hmm. where they do a little small incision mm -hmm. go in and get the kidney then uh, come out okay and I myself I had never been hospitalized since mm -hmm. birth and I had never had any surgery until oh, I had right so you was actually li living, a, I guess, a, we can surmise that you were living a healthy life. Right, Or the right. best possible healthy life. Yeah, because when she told me about it, I had to go to Piedmont, which is what she had done, mm -hmm. to get a full examination also. Mm -hmm. Make sure I was in good health to give How, her a donor. Um, I guess in that situation with the kidney being um, donated to a sibling, is it rare or is it common for it to like be a match? Because don't you have to like match? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Individuals and actually, it's actually more uncommon in a lot of cases for okay. people would think that you know a, a, a um, you know blood relative mm -hmm. would be a perfect match. That's not always wow. the case though. Mm -hmm. um, but whether it's a living donor or deceased donor, um, you do have to have. There is a process, um, mm -hmm. like you said. There is a match. You have to have the same blood type, tissue type, mm -hmm. um, depending upon the organ. Like if it's a heart transplant, for example. Mm -hmm. The donor and recipient has to pretty much be about the same height, same build. Um, oh, wow. You know, because just think about heart. You know, Shaq's heart would be too mm -hmm. big for yeah, yeah. for yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I don't, I don't even think yeah. you think about things yeah. like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just thinking that you could just take an organ and you know, as long as there's a match. But I'm not even. Th I didn't even think about yeah, it. Yeah, in oh, some cases, yeah, heart is yeah. a little bit different. Now, kidneys is is, <laughs> is different, but with heart though, um, you do have to consider the size and mm. build uh, of the person. Because, like I said, Shaquille, mm. my heart would be too small for yeah, Shaq, right. and and and, and his would be too yeah. big for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Penn, did you have any reservations going through the whole process? Well, or? when I first found out, um, the um, I had high blood pressure that would cause my kidneys to fail, mm -hmm. so. Eventually, I had to do a dialysis for like two and a half years oh. before I could um, be considered a to recipient get too. Um, a transplant. Also, mm -hmm. I was overweighted, so mm -hmm. that played a part in it, that I had to lose a significant amount of weight mm -hmm. before I could get the transplant. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any other health issues, but so I lost the weight, and Finally, I got on the transplant list, and mm -hmm. they told me if I had a living donor, it would be a faster process. Mm -hmm. So I asked my brother, and he mm -hmm. agreed to go through the physical part to get tested for me to have a transplant. Was there a backup plan just in case your brother wasn't a, a good match for you? or? Well, if he wasn't a good match, I would just had to continue the dialysis treatments until mm -hmm. um, my name came on top of the list to get one matched by someone else. Oh wow, so you basically just like lucked up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was meant to, mm -hmm. you know, in that particular right. instance, because uh, my mother-in-law, she used to work at a dialysis um, place, actually the one on, what is it, 2nd Street? 
Mm-hmm. And just knowing that people are going in there and you going through that process, right. I'm like, to me, I'm like, woof. I, I don't see how some people are able to do it. Yeah. Um, cause it's just strenuous. Oh, yeah. And you so have people that, how often did you have to do that? Was it like once a week? or? You have to do it three times a week. Oof. Like yeah. three to four hours. You're sitting, sitting there. in a chair and, you know, exactly. the needle is going in, mm-hmm. blood is coming out and going into. And then it's know. a, isn't that a, a very exhausting process in itself? It sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. It mm-hmm. depends on how healthy you are eating. Like you mm-hmm. do have to go by strict diet when mm-hmm. you're doing the dialysis. So it just depends on the individual person. Some people go through it and don't have any exhaustion or anything, but some do. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on the person. Now how long has it been since the, um, the transplant? transplant happened? 14 years. Wow. 15. 15. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Since 2004. Oh, wow. So I, I can imagine that your, um, your lifestyle had to change a little bit in like diet and nutrition and it, all that. It has. It, um, when you're um, on dialysis, you can't eat a certain number of foods, but mm-hmm. when you get through with the dialysis, like get a transplant, mm-hmm. you can eat pretty much anything you want. Okay. And you have more energy, you can exercise as much as you want, and your life um, span um, is better, mm-hmm. you know, much better than if you're on dialysis. So, I guess what are some common, um, well, I guess y'all all can answer this. What would be some common things that people need to avoid so they won't have to go through the situation or that can be like sort of like a preventative now that y'all have gone through this process and then you know you represent an organization where mm-hmm. you can get all this information that people can start doing now? Well, I can advise people to eat right, watch their salt, sugar, mm-hmm. and um, carb intake to you know cut down on the high blood pressure, um, diabetes, and so if you eat a healthy lifestyle, exercise more, you can, it can be prevented. You can go years, I mean, a lifetime without ever being in renal failure, which is kidney failure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you change your lifestyle early on, you can live a healthy life. Yeah. Yeah. And to just piggyback on, because unfortunately, in a lot of cases, not just with, with kidneys, but just overall as far as um, um, organ failure, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it is prevented. And that's the sad part of it. Um, and unfortunately, within um, our community, the African-American community, you know, unfortunately, we're prone, you know, yeah. you know, just the disparities. We're more at risk for, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, um, yeah, obesity, you know, it's high really cholesterol, yeah, you it's know, really good for yeah. you. so, you know, all of those things contribute to potentially, you know, affecting what's mm-hmm. going on on the inside. I tell people, you know, it's not all just about looking good on the outside. Yeah, we want to look good on the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're not taking care, if you're not doing those preventive things, you know, go and get in your annual checkups. Mm-hmm. Stop waiting until you're, like, sick yeah. to go to the doctor. Yeah. You know, the time to go is, you know, when you're not sick, just annually, just get those checkups, those labs. So if there is something, mm-hmm. if it's detected early, exactly. you know, it, it right. could be, you know, greatest it could be success it's great success as far yeah. as treatment. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of times, you know, and like I said, the diabetes and the high blood pressure. 
And I know several people who have one or the other or both, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And um, and I and it, you know, I know for some people it is a struggle, you know, trying to keep that high blood pressure under control, trying to manage their diabetes. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I mean, it could make a difference between life or death, you know. And we all so, want to prolong our mm -hmm. lives if we can. So, what's y'all's you take on why, especially in our community, we function that way? Well, I believe first and foremost is education. Mm -hmm. Like Asia said, in our community, mm -hmm. there's not enough education out there to educate the people about about uh, uh, renal failure and mm -hmm. kidney failure. So we need more programs that can source education mm -hmm. and really put it out there. Yeah, because I don't think we understand necessarily always the impossible end results. Mm -hmm. You know, because I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, my mother had high blood mm -hmm. pressure, my daddy mm -hmm. had it, you know, yeah, and diabetes went like in my family. Yeah. And so it's just like a regular thing and not mm -hmm. really, really understanding the true concept of what that means. Um, when I go into the school systems and talk to kids about, um, you know, high school students about mm -hmm. um, preventive health care and, and then also talking to them about, you know, organ donation and what that actually means mm. you know most of those kids know of someone a family member a parent a grandparent who goes to dialysis mm. but they don't know what that means so it exactly. just seems like a regular normal thing yeah, yeah you know mom has to go to dialysis three days a week but mm. you don't know what that means like you don't really know how sick mom or dad or grandmother is mm. and so we really have to start um, you know educating our kids so they mm. can know these because like I said it just becomes a norm yeah you know and you don't think anything of it Exactly. And, you know, and so in order to prevent, you know, it passing on from generation to generation, mm -hmm. yeah, we may be at high risk for certain things, but that's even more reason why we should even take more control of it. And yeah, I so know really getting to understand our medical uh, yeah. history. Yes. You know, yes. I, I believe we were talking about this on the phone. We were. We were <laughs> because um, a lot of us don't know our, our, our medical history. Mm -hmm. We may not know what, you know, our, you know, it can depend, you know, you could be estranged from one parent or another. Mm -hmm. And so you may know about one side of your family and not yeah, your no, other, no, no, no. you know, like, I mean, I'm one of those people in that situation, yeah. you know. And then even when we are with our, you know, whoever the custodial parents, whoever we grew up with, we still may not have an understanding mm -hmm. or knowledge because also too, his historically within our um and within our communities mm -hmm. you know we don't share stuff we yeah. keep it you know we go to the doctor if we get that bad diagnosis mm -hmm. we keep it to ourselves this, okay so let me interrupt right there okay because <laughs> <laughs> th these are things that like i've been having discussions with people since i've been even doing this this mm -hmm. uh show why is it that we keep certain stuff like that secret like why like we, we don't discuss money we don't discuss sex right. and we don't discuss health why, why do, do you know? I believe it's fear. Yeah. Because okay. I think it's fear. Because I myself, uh, I hadn't, I just started going to the doctor on a regular basis. I always mm -hmm. go to the eye doctor every year. I mm -hmm. always go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I did go, my blood pressure was up. And mm -hmm. I had never in my life had a high blood pressure issue. And so when the doctor mm -hmm. told me about it, I told Penny. Because mm -hmm. we communicate mm -hmm. and conversate day later every other day about mm -hmm. each other. But like you said, some people get a bad response. A bad report from the doctor. They don't mm -hmm. tell no one. Yeah. And then when when at the end when it's all said and done, don't nobody know about you. Mm -hmm. About why you got this or why you got that. Mm -hmm. So to my advice, let somebody know because somebody need to know. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think we need to dispel <laughs> that. You know, because I talk to my kids all the time, my wife, everything, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, we shouldn't hide stuff from one another. That's right. But then also I can see why sometimes we do because mm -hmm. when you do 
put information out there, especially to your family, now you're vulnerable, right. and they might misuse that information. Yeah, right. you know, and we don't want that situation to happen. But yeah, yeah. I definitely think it should be talked about more and oh, yeah. promoted more in education and even yeah. in the school systems and outside of school as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think some of it's also denial when people yeah. get that bad medical report. Mm -hmm. You know, you're in denial. <laughs> you don't believe yeah. it. You don't want to believe the doctors. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know, we um and I and I'm a strong believer of prayer, mm -hmm. but we gotta do more than just pray about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> we put gotta action. do gotta put, put action, action yeah, to it. Right. So we just so and I think it's just and I think also too we're also trying to protect our loved ones when mm -hmm. we're keeping those secrets we don't want them to worry we don't mm -hmm. want them to um, you know to be to be afraid so we we keep it to ourselves but the problem is though we don't take action and we don't we, we don't do anything and then mm -hmm. so then when suddenly sometimes when it seems and I've, I've seen it and heard it oh he just died suddenly mm -hmm. like out of the blue he's never been sick well yeah he actually probably was sick yeah, just we didn't just didn't it. know it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't see people just falling off like that especially if you're healthy yes right. Um, so from the community standpoint, what can they do more to get involved or, you know, as far as becoming a donor, just even supporting the organization or just trying to access that information? Okay. Well, the first step as far as, and this falls on my responsibility and the responsibility of LifeLink is we being out in the community and first making people aware. Because mm -hmm. that's where the first thing comes from, awareness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have so many people tell me, you know, they're not a registered organ donor. And it's not because they b believe in any myths or they're fearful. They just didn't know, like, you know, what it meant. Like, I don't know what that means. So mm -hmm. I said no, which if you don't understand something, you should definitely say no. and Because yeah. it's not something that is, at least in Georgia, mm -hmm. um, that's taught in the school system. So. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're 16 years old, you're going to get your license unless you have a parent that knows to say to tell you to say yes or, or educate you on <laughs> yeah. what it is. Yeah. You, you don't yeah. know. Exactly. So the first thing is, is, um, is bringing awareness and, mm -hmm. you know, doing, you know, connecting with people such as you. And we want to thank you uh, very much for allowing us to come on because the people like you and, mm -hmm. and others in the media um, and the community that allow us to be able to come and speak and share that's how we're getting the education and awareness out. Yeah. So well, you know, I, I definitely love that, that's not, my whole purpose behind doing stuff like this. When I started with artists, because mm -hmm. uh, I help a lot of independent, I'm a very, I'm a huge advocate for independent artists. But then, as I started doing that, started meeting more and different people, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, all these different topics that no one's talking about <laughs> should be talked about, mm -hmm. or at least expressed mm -hmm. and put out there, so it can stimulate conversation within yes. the community. So I was like, why not use my own platform right. to be able to do that? So I'm like, I'm always going to, like, want things like this, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I thought it was, it's fascinating to, one, learn about it and the fact that you said that statistically, I'm like, you said there's 5,000 residents in the mm -hmm. state of Georgia mm -hmm. and over 60% of them, I'm like, that's over 3,000 people that fit in our community that need yeah. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. can get access to it. And then, like, what happens when you know it's something that's real serious yeah because um you know out of that five thousand plus that's on the waiting list um you know and that's just those on the waiting list so mm -hmm. just imagine the number that's not on the waiting list who's exactly. sick who's on dialysis mm -hmm. who everybody there's a process and, and penny could you know tell you that process as far as you don't just get on the waiting list because you need a kidney exactly. or because you need a heart or a liver mm -hmm. um you know there's a process that individuals have to go through mm -hmm. in order to get on that waiting list so you know if everyone that needed a life-saving organ transplant 
transplant was actually on the waiting list, mm -hmm. it would probably be triple that. Um, but, you know, like I said, as far as, unfortunately, you know, 5,000 on the, on the waiting list, um, last year in 2018 in Georgia, um, there were 300 transplants done wow. um, in the whole state. Um, and that's across all, you know, mm -hmm. all ethnicities, all yeah. races, which actually was like the highest number of actually deceased donors mm -hmm. um, that, that we've had in the state. Mm -hmm. um, and that number may seem low when you're thinking, well, 5,000 in need, but it was, you know, just 3,000. Mm -hmm. But there's so many things that, um, it's certain factors that determine who can be, how you can be an organ donor. Mm -hmm. um, just because you're a registered organ donor doesn't mean you're automatically gonna be a donor after you pass away. Okay. Only one to 2% of registered organ donors actually actually end up being able to donate after death. So what do you need to do to like increase that number? Well, but the first, well, it's really nothing an individual can do because in order to be an organ donor, you have to die from a brain death related injury or illness. I sort of tapped on that earlier. Mm -hmm. But when I say brain death related injury or illness, um, you're talking about, you know, of course, anything that causes trauma to the brain mm -hmm. that, um, so of course, uh, like a car accident could mm -hmm. cause that, um, you know, um, an aneurysm, mm -hmm. a stroke, mm -hmm. um, you know, a drowning because that stops oxygen from flowing through the brain which mm -hmm. then causes, and, 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 and unfortunately in some other cases you have, you know, um, suicides, anything that, mm -hmm. you know, gunshot wound to the head, mm -hmm. um, you know, anything, someone falling out of a tree, anything mm -hmm. that causes trauma to the head um, or causes brain death, causes mm -hmm. oxygen to stop flowing through the brain, which then leads to brain death. Mm -hmm. um, those are the, that's the only way you can be an organ donor. Wow. So you have, so, so that automatically, that. that automatically rules out so a lot of people. Like a law? I guess. Well, and the reason is, the reason is, is because well, when you think about when someone passes away, um, mm -hmm. you know, when the heart stops and the lungs stop, once the organs start shutting down, they start shutting down, you know, immediately, mm -hmm. which means they're not trans, you know, they're not viable for transplantation. Gotcha. Um, so when you die from a brain death related injury or illness, and let me add on, I left off a major part in a hospital setting on a ventilator. The ventilator is what's keeping the heart pumping, mm -hmm. which is keeping the other organs viable for the potent possibility of transplantation. Mm -hmm. So if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in order to be an organ donor, you have to die from a brain death related injury or illness mm -hmm. in a hospital setting on a ventilator. Wow. Um, now you could possibly be a tissue donor mm -hmm. or a cornea donor, you know, mm -hmm. but not an organ donor if mm -hmm. you just die from just regular natural causes. Mm -hmm. But in order to be an organ donor, it has to be from a brain death related injury or illness in a mm. hospital on a ventilator. So to me then, the only other option as far as really helping out besides the prevention side is living well, that only helps as far as an option for kidneys. For yeah, kidneys. the way how we can all help out because at the end of the day, we all know. I don't care mm -hmm. how healthy we are, we're all gonna die. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know when. Lord, I hope it's um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. give me some more years though. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we don't know. Yeah. So what we can do, those of us who are you know of age of consent, seventeen or older to consent, what mm -hmm. we can do is register to be organ donors mm -hmm. because we don't know yeah, if we're gonna be in that one to two percent mm -hmm. or or not. You know, we don't control that part of it. Mm -hmm. The part we can control is registering to be a donor, and which mm -hmm. simply says, I give consent that if I die in a manner that allows me to be able to donate, mm -hmm. I give consent to do so. Exactly. So that's really, you know, that's really all we can control as far as on that part. Yeah. Everything after we register, everything after that is really beyond mm -hmm. any of our control. Yeah. So. And then I guess the other piece of that is, uh, is so people won't be in the situations to, you know, do more preventative. 
Yeah, to be, yeah, cause, yeah, because that's the other way we're going to decrease the list mm -hmm. is to stop adding to it. Yeah. And by stop adding to it, like the points Penny brought up earlier, you know, just simple modifications, you know. Mm -hmm. um, no, no one's saying you have to just totally eliminate, you know, um, sweets and, yeah. and carbs, you know, just everything in moderation. Exactly. And, and go to your preventive checkups. And if there is something, if you do have to take medication for blood pressure or whatever, take the medication as prescribed yeah. um you know the goal is to not have to get on the medication but if you have to take mm -hmm. it and, and take it you know as prescribed yeah, I mean, and I'm like, you can work your way off of medication exactly right? exactly you, know, exactly. you can you can it's it can be reversed exactly. yeah yeah okay so is there anything else you would like to add or any last words you know to encourage people you know whether it be preventive or if they're going through the situation to what to expect and how to really overcome well, if they're not a donor, uh, consider being a donor. Okay. Because you're giving the, you're giving the organ for a life, and you can do that by, like she said, registering with uh, LifeLink of Georgia, mm -hmm. or when you reg uh, get your driver's license. Okay. Penny, anything you want to add? I would just like to let people know just to get educated on it, get more information on stuff, and ask questions. Okay. Any last words? Well, yes, and if anyone is not registered mm -hmm. and you want to either read up more, um, educate yourself more about um, about organ donation, um, you can go to www.donatelifegeorgia.org, um, or you can contact me directly at 478-957-3861. Um, I do go out into the community and do various community events. Um, we And um, LifeLink, our services, there's no fee for me to come out and do a mm -hmm. workshop or a presentation. Um, you know, or you know, have a table with, with information. We don't charge for, for any of that. So, okay. you know, I could definitely be contacted, you know, once again, 478-957-3861 or www.donatelifegeorgia.org. Okay. Are people allowed to, um, I guess, send donations to LifeLink? Or as far as monetary, we don't monetary take... Or I guess in like maybe they want to donate time to help with events and things like oh, that. Okay, we do have a volunteer program. That's how um actually Penny and and, and Johnny are LifeLink volunteers. So okay. um they can get that go through to the website right. or contact me as well. And if they're interested in volunteering, um, a lot of our volunteers are either um, transplant recipients or um, living donors like Johnny or donor family members. We have individuals who loved ones passed away mm -hmm. and, um, and, and and they um, choose to, um, you know, they want to um, volunteer as well to, to share the message of, of organ donation. And they can definitely really do it from a personal standpoint of losing a loved one okay. who was actually a donor. So yeah, through the website or by calling me directly, I can link them to as far as um, our volunteer program. Okay, well, I appreciate the story, your time. Um, yes, thank you. Your expertise. Thank you. Um, so, anybody out there, y'all want to uh, LifeLink Georgia? Mm -hmm, LifeLink of Georgia. LifeLink of Georgia. Dot com or no dot org. Dot, yeah, li it's LifeLink Fo Life Life Foundation. Foundation. Dot org. Yeah. Y'all make sure y'all go out there, look it up. If you want to volunteer, do that as well and uh, consider being a donor. All right.